The Whole Ass, a podcast by millennial parents just working through how to give every moment their all. While you listen, nothing is off limits. The Whole Ass, use it or lose it. Welcome back to The Whole Ass Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. That's our musical number, and that's the end of the episode. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We are doing an impromptu podcast because today Congress passed Respect for Marriage Act, and I came into Philip's office and I said, Congress passed this law that now makes our marriage safe. Legal. Official. Legal. Protected. Protected. I said protected. That feels weird in 2022. Same as same-sex marriage. And I know it's like they're just making sure everyone is safe if the Supreme Court pulls back some laws because of what Clarence Thomas said after... Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade. Yeah, thank Reversal. you. Impromptu, guys. My research is lacking over here, but... We just felt like we should get on the podcast and talk about what we would talk about. We're not politicians, but we're here to call out some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, why are we in 2022 and we're like, why Why are we even talking about anyone's right to get married? Like, just get married to whoever you want to fucking get married to. And why does anyone have anything to, want, thing to say about it? Yeah. The real, the real funny, and it's not funny, but it is kind of ironic. Marriage is not easy. Like, if you want to sign up to be married, you are taking the plunge mm-hmm. and there's a good chance it won't work. Like, half, a little over... 50% chance it won't work. So why do you want to restrict somebody from being able to do that in the first place? Like, And everybody thinks that it's super... Uh, what is it? Um, there's a word here. There's a word here. I should know because I'm a host of a podcast. <laughs> how words work. But, I don't know if that's how it works. Uh, it's super sacred. Yeah. yeah. That did not seem like a tough enough word to miss. It is sacred. But it just seems to me silly that someone out there... A lot of people out there think it should just be between a man and a woman. Or a white man and a white woman? What? Well, it could be between a black man and a black woman, but oh, it better not be between none of them totally, black men totally. and white women. Or... It just feels weird that they pass this law and it's saying same sex in interracial marriage and we have two kids. It's just like, it's like, what? Get up with the times, people. Yeah, but I'll tell you this, and this is um, something interesting that I think about is the way that you probably felt today about this, like, oh, this applies to me and it's being passed in a bill now. It's 2022. Why can't I have this right anyway? Mm -hmm. I felt a lot in my life. And I know we always, we've talked about wanting to talk about race. So this is us putting our toe in the water because bills like this or things like this that relate to our legal system that penalize uh, people based on race are something that I've always been hyper aware of. And when Ava came in and said this to me, I was like, yeah, it's complete bullshit that it's 2022 and my marriage to my wife may have been called into question depending on what Clarence Thomas's dick ass decided he was going to do. And I'm big. Who's also black and married to a white woman. Which is why I wasn't really super concerned about this because he'd fuck himself up. But, but he was against everything else. So maybe he'd write himself in, in the bill and be like, but not me. So it's, it's really, I also don't like that I share that in common with him. Anyway, but it's really messed up that it is 2022 and we have to do this. I think it's also super interesting that it lumped in a bill for same-sex marriage and for 
equal civil rights for uh, based on race in the one bill. If you know about the civil rights movement or you know about history of that, you know that some of the people that were the biggest supporters of black people getting the right to vote or black people being able to be treated fairly in society, etc., were homosexual because it also meant that their rights would be protected or taken care of or they'd be able to get them, right? And they weren't able to be outwardly um, open about being homosexual because that was going to be persecuted as well. But part of this giving equal rights to people Mm -hmm. also applies to people who are homosexual. And that's been... Forever, forever, right? And this is this has been forever yeah. that this has gone on. But I 100% agree. 2022, now I can feel like Ava and I are protected. We won't get hunted down or pulled apart or any of that. Or if another law came into place under the Supreme Court, we would be at question. I think that that's the thing. I'm like, I was, I'm obviously very for like anyone marrying anyone and for everyone to have their rights in general. So when they passed this law and I was like, yeah, obviously for same sex marriage, like I'm, I'm so supportive of that. But then when it's like also interracial marriage, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like what? Like you do have a second because you feel like it's been a while since that. And it's not true. And I think like when everything was happening with same sex marriage in the Supreme court getting passed years ago, there was a lot of signs of people that are in interracial marriages or relationships that said like, at one time, our relationship mm-hmm. was also illegal. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Because you don't, like, think about it. But it is. And it's just, like, it's just wild to me that we're in this place and time. And just, like, the feeling that you get to be, like, why does the government have to legitimize anything in my life? Mm-hmm. Like, it does make you think, like, what? And then it's scary to think, well, they have to do that because there are so many people that are actually against it and that are trying to take it down i will say uh you did say why does the government get to legitimize anything in my life there are definitely (laughs) there are definitely positives to the government uh there's a lot of talk about overreach there's a lot of talk about why are they involved in this part of my life and i think it's interesting because typically interracial marriage and same-sex marriage are things that were opposed by the republican party uh the liberal democratic party was more for that to be an option and the conservative Republican Party is also one that says there should be less oversight by the yeah. government into our personal lives. So that always messed me up as being contradictory when I'm like, but wait a second. Yeah. Why you want to be all up in my biz? As as Missy Elliott would say, why you all in my grill? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I agree with you. So go ahead. No, I was just going to say Kamala Harris, that's where I saw it on her Instagram. And the first thing she said is, this is a long overdue. And it's like, yeah, no shit but i'm like i'm glad that they're doing it and i'm glad you know at least it gives us some sense of security which it seems crazy that we need it but she's also in an interracial marriage yeah and it 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 is really telling of kind of how far back we still are that this is being yeah. passed right now it's good that it's happened but you also have that thought of why the fuck has it taken this long yeah. to happen? We're hot on the fire today. Yeah. We're hot right <laughs> out of the presses, December eighth, talking about some bullshit that we saw. Yeah, and it's hard to feel this way where you feel this is great, but also fucked up. Yeah, it's great that it happened, but yeah. so fucked that this is a society we live in. Yes, you know, yes. and and I think the other thing is to. I know it's 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 honestly more than I even understand about what it covers and why it covers it. And, you know, I was watching some people who did 
who have more government law or whatever experience, it's like you are already basically they're saying you are already already fine, but it's just in case something else comes down the pike, basically. But it does because of the way the headlines read and our kids getting older, it does like give you a, another layer of conversation with the kid. Like Knox could say, wait, why was this a thing mm-hmm. or this happened and you your relationship wasn't legitimate? And I feel like a lot of gay couples have that conversation all the time yeah. with their kids and, and at a younger age. I think I think I would assume, and maybe we can have someone on, they would have to have that conversation younger than, like, we're having the race conversation with Knox. I mean, because once the kids of, can talk, yeah, yeah, I think that that has to happen because you have all of this panic and hysteria and stuff about, oh, my God, they look other than us. Yeah. And that's how it gets portrayed. And it's not that everybody feels that way, but enough, if one person feels that way and tells somebody... yeah. There's so much happening in this bill. There's like too much to unpack because yeah. you have same-sex marriages passed. You have interracial marriages passed. The same last couple of weeks, you had Jerry Jones, who in the 50s was looking over uh, a group of people who are being denied entry, black people being denied mm, entry yeah. into a school, who's now having to deal with it in the modern day. And he's been alive so long that he could have changed the way that he thought, or he may not yeah. have been racist at the time. He might have just been caught up with the group. But no matter how it goes... The media is going to spin whatever's happening with Jerry Jones. Yeah. And I'm not defending him because I don't love Jerry Jones in general. <laughs> um, I have a lot of issues with You're NFL just saying team you don't owners. Know. You just don't, you don't know. No. Yeah. And then they and then you see the headlines it's like Dak Prescott didn't really answer the question. It's like Dak Prescott is from an interracial marriage. Dak Prescott gets paid like $40 million to play for this guy. His whole livelihood, his family's livelihood, yeah. it all depends on how this works. And now you're putting him in the position to be a spokesperson for somebody who... He probably doesn't know if Jerry Jones is still racist. Jerry Jones might not even know how he feels about it. He may have never been racist. But that's not Dex Prescott's responsibility. Mm -hmm. But he's the perfect figurehead for it because he plays for him. And he's interracial. Yada, yada, yada. And then we all want our pound of flesh about what's supposed to happen. And it's so messed up because neither of those people can really deal with their feelings and emotions about how life is going. They have to go through it through a lens of everybody else. And then they have to be intelligent enough or emotionally intelligent enough to unpack everything that's going on that was quite like a download but it all leads me to another thing that i wanted to talk about here too yeah which was while i was out of town knox mm. came up to ava Ooh, at 7 a.m before coffee well, we were still in our pajamas yeah <laughs> and said a statement it was a statement he said mommy i'm black and i was like true you are also white also, where's my coffee for this conversation? <laughs> but I was like, you're also white. And then he was like arguing with me about it. And I said, but, you know, I was explaining like, I'm your mommy and daddy's your daddy and your daddy's black and I'm white. And so then you're white and black. And he said, but I'm black like daddy. And and if you know our kids, well, I'm going to get emotional. I haven't it even gotten emotional. emotional. It's an emotional subject. If you know our kids or you've seen pictures of them. Like, Knox is darker than Miles is. And so then I said, what do you think Miles is? Like, you guys are brothers. Like, I'm Miles' mommy, daddy's dad, Miles' daddy. And he said, well, Miles is white because you're white. And I'm like, and, and it's so innocent, honestly. Like, it's so innocent of him just like, I am darker skinned or I look more like daddy. And then I asked him, like, what is my skin color? And Because I thought he would say white. And I was thinking kids don't really know that term yet 
And he said, your skin is skin color. And that is what upset me because I was like, your skin is skin color. Oh, wow. You know? And it's like, there's no difference. And so then he said, okay, I'm white and I'm black. And I was like, yes. And then he said, can you tell my teachers? Because I think like it's just being talked about at school because there are just, there are some black kids in his class. There are some mixed kids and there are, there are more white kids from where we live. So it's just like, I think it's becoming more of a conversation Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know what to say. And I think he does think the color of my skin is the same, closer to my dad's color, Yeah. but he has no other thought about it. And it's like, but the thing about four-year-olds is they're like, cool, can we play with monster trucks? Like, he wasn't trying to have an like, in-depth conversation with me about it. I think it had just happened the day before, and he processed it, and he wanted to know, like, am I black? And I was like, yes, but you're also white. And I just want them to talk about it, and I don't always have the answers. Yeah. So I just went with my gut. And that's really what you have to do. <laughs> and I think that a lot of – if I had to guess, because I wasn't there, I wasn't at the school – that'd be weird. I'd be big for a four-year-old. Yeah. But I think that somebody might have brought it up as you look different than me. And and the, the thing that really sticks out to me is that your skin is skin color. Yeah. Meaning that it is the basis of all skin color, which yeah. is the overarching message that we've received our whole lives. Yeah. Is that anything other than white is other yeah. than, than skin. Right. And that's what he's probably dealing with. And he's suffering... From the trickle-down effects of the one-drop rule, which was back during times that were more segregated, et cetera, et cetera, where if you had one drop of black in you, you were considered black. Yeah. And it's hard for me because I also want to be like, Knox, you're white! (laughs) But that's a weird thing to say because he is also black. And black is... It's not that it's the dominant color and that's a good thing. It's that it's the dominant color so then you get... All of the stuff that comes along with being black. I think a lot about it. It's interesting because Knox facially looks a lot like me. But I think a lot about like when they grow up. What do people see when they are alone? Like when they when he's in his class. What do other teachers see? What do like parents see initially? And it is black. Yeah. And it's like okay we know because we are in this relationship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of black people know but i think a lot of white people don't know is i can look at mixed kids now and say like or i can look at all race of kids i'll say black and white and say that kid's mixed or that kid's black like i think white people suck at that like i think they're like oh they're a little dark skin they must be black or they must be hispanic and it's like also that's bullshit to them to the white parent too by the way like and it's just like why do we stereotype and I think our generation of parents are getting better at it. And I think white parents want to have the conversation. But you just do stereotype in your head without even thinking it. So I think a lot about, like, when our kids go out in the world and they are alone, what do people see? And people are going to see that they're black. And that's one thing that Sarah Ashley, Phil's cousin, said to me the first time we had kind of talked about it. She's interracial. And she was like, basically that is that. When I go out in the world, people say you're black. And she's like, but I was raised by a white mom. And that is, like, I associate with that a lot. And it's like, I feel like our kids hopefully will feel the same way about me. And it's like, 
they don't associate 100% with being black, but it's like, but that has how the world sees you. Yeah. And you have to be aware of that. Yeah. And so it's hard to talk to a four-year-old about that deep. Yeah. You know? You want to go a level deeper? Well, I don't is. Yeah, is. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> so as the black person who contributed to this race, to this, to these children. Yeah. And made them black. There is a guilt associated with just being black, knowing that I've signed my children up for a more difficult set of living circumstances that is not fair to the children. It is not fair to me. And it's not fair for me to have to think that way. And I shouldn't. I arguably should not feel that way because you shouldn't. But the truth is, if not for me, and I'm not saying that you wouldn't have have been with somebody who was a black person or a different different race... But Which I can, but I can guarantee that because of me, is the reason that they're going to be experiencing these things. Yeah, and that's hard too because you're trying to live in this world where you teach your child race doesn't matter for other people, but your race mm-hmm. you have to protect and be aware of and be careful because you're going to get judged in these ways and you're going to get treated this way. And yes, you are half black and half white, but the black part because it has more negative connotations matters more. Yeah. And you're not going to get the credit of being white, which is like, there's, there are good, there are like positive things about being white that yeah. I always joke about. Yeah. Also, there's not, positive things about being black. For sure. <laughs> there's positive things, but in society, yes, in society, being white yeah. is still better than being black in our society. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's fucked yeah, up. It's fucked up. And it bothers me. And if you guys know anything about me or you, maybe you don't. I've had tons of race struggles in my life, whether it's interacting with the police, whether it's dating, whether it's talking to somebody about being black, whether it's being a spokesperson for a, for a multi-billion dollar company to talk to white people about racism in 2020, right? Like these things take place and it's hard to carry that burden, but it's harder for me to not address it and not speak about it, which yeah. is why I often tend to say, let's dive in and have the uncomfortable conversation about yeah. race. It is hard in this moment to know that Knox is going through that. It's also hard because his teachers are black. That's what I was going to say. And they probably look at Knox and us, and they also feel a certain level of comfort, right? Yeah. And it's and I'm not, and I don't know. And that's why I think names. it's interesting that he said, "Can you tell my teachers?" And I said, "I w- I will talk to them, but you know they know mommy is white and daddy's black. Like it's like that's why it's so innocent in kids because it's like." He thinks I have to tell his teachers that he's white and black. Like, yeah. we, no, he like you don't. And that's the thing about society. And that's when you start learning. And I think the thing that I've been hesitant about having the race conversation on our podcast for a lot of reasons. But There's then no... I also don't want our kids to be the um, they didn't ask to be part of this like learning lesson. Like kind of what you're saying is I've like leaned into it. I'm willing to have the conversations. But it's like Knox and Miles haven't. And we don't know them well enough yet as little people to know if they would want to be part of this. I think as our children, they would, and they're probably going to be, but anyways, that is another tangent. But what I was going to say is things that I feel like also as like a white mom of interracial kids that maybe white moms and white parents don't think about is like, I've started to think like Knox is obsessed with those dry fit t-shirts now and he has this black t-shirt and he looks great in the color black he wants to wear them with black pants and the, the black shirt and he has black shoes and i'm literally he's four and i'm thinking you look a little threatening in that 
Like, I like not threatening, but I'm like, I just think you look a little more intense. You are or worried, what's the word? You are worried about the perception other people perception. have in that outfit. Yes. You are I mean, not threatened by him. No, but that's the perception is, what if you got into a well, weird entanglement, though... Knox doesn't get into any because he's always on the green card at school. But, like, what if you got into something and another parent saw and they would just assume, look, he looks a little meaner with, like, an all-black outfit Not on. Not to mention, he also looks seven exactly. years old. Exactly. Like, he's older. And so these are the things that, like, we, I just, when he cracked open the race conversation, I was like, we here. Because it was like, we're about to have those conversations about, like, like, he wore that the other day and I thought, you look cute as a mom. But then I was like... Okay, we're not probably not gonna wear that again, which is crazy. But you can because you're, he's in a protected environment. Yeah, you know. But I'm so just like, saying, if there's a like, time that, and then it's now. Uh, I I would have never at, in like middle school anything probably I would have never been allowed to be sent to school in that in elementary school. Yeah. And then when I started to choose my own clothes, I was hyper aware of this, and I didn't want to be stereotyped. I didn't want yeah. to feel uncomfortable. Or threatening. Plus, I was fucking huge. So well, and that's the thing. Knox is gonna have. Knox too, is gonna be super miles. tall. He's already super tall. He's going to always look like he's two grades ahead, and we're gonna have to plan for that. Yeah, gets me super fucking angry. Yeah, we have to actively remove our child's innocence to yes. function in our society. Yes. So yes. we have to figure out and plan for what Knox is gonna do when he gets approached with a situation, how to handle it, and help guide him to it. Mm-hmm. And we are thinking, we're thinking about this, and he's four years old. Yeah. I don't have a memory from when I was four years old. My first memory was five, right? Yeah. And we're already, before he can remember does. things that will happen in his life, Yeah. we are talking Ingraining about this in him. how to protect him in society. Yes. And, and my thing, I have two things. Firstly, I obviously, like I just said, I haven't. I didn't have to deal with this until a later age and I was unaware. And I do think white parents in our generation are trying to be better with their white kids. And I think there are a lot more interracial kids now, or I don't know. I just think that there, there is yeah, than, sure. there, than there was. But my thing is like, <laughs> I don't want to play this game, but the, the anger mom inside of me thinks, why do I have to talk to my four year old and you have to talk to your fucking four year old? Oh, like that's my anger. And it's like, take their innocence away. And, and then, and it's also like, tell them because then it's like helpful for my kid, for them to be aware, because you know, what's not being aware or is not helpful is when they're in middle school and they're unaware and something happens and they don't realize it. And that's my fear of like, you know, my, obviously my sister has two white kids going to be three. And I do feel like they just are going to have it in their life. And I mean, I would think that my sister and brother-in-law would say, you know, they'll be better for it, but they're going to be more aware because it's in their life and they have cousins that are mm-hmm. half black. So, I mean, I just think, talk about it. Like, just like, why can't people, you don't have to do it at four. I'm not saying four though. I want you to, but like, just talk about it. Like, the more why are people, we not talking about the it? The more people talk about it, the sooner this will be better. And I love how every Actually, it's all white people who've said this to me. I haven't heard I haven't heard a single black person say to me these words. But it's better than it used to be. Black people don't say that shit. Yeah. Okay? If you said that to me, I want you to know that I understand where you're coming from, but also that's not that's not a um equalizing statement. That's not a it's better so things are fine. Yeah. 
it's better. This is this is smoking Camel Lights versus smoking Marlboro Reds. Okay, you're still smoking something that's hazardous to you. It's still a cigarette. Okay, it's just not as hazardous to you. Yeah, you shouldn't be smoking. Like is the thing, you know. And it's oh, but it's better now. There's a less chance that I'll get shot by the police for being black. But there's still a fucking chance that I'll get shot by the police for being black. You know, I know what it felt like when I was driving through Wisconsin at night and I saw a Kenosha, Wisconsin police officer. And I had to think about how the police interacted with a person who had just shot a bunch of people and they let him through the line. Right. Mm -hmm. Am I saying it's a police officer's fault? They're reacting to the situation. I don't know. I wasn't there. But I know how it felt when I saw the word Kenosha on the side of a fucking police truck. And I thought, I need to be hyper aware of what I do right now. And I was on the phone with you. And I and you were like, slow down, pull off the road. Like, full on panic about this. Yeah. And instead of me thinking, my wife is being ridiculous. I thought, I can kind of take this risk a little bit. Because I'm doing under the speed limit. I'm dressed nicely enough. I'm in this rental vehicle. All the lights work. It's new enough for me to get through this scenario. Yeah. Well, that moment is the reason that now, well, Philip travels to Wisconsin, but then usually you have to drive like an hour and a half, two hours to where mm-hmm. you're going. And when that happened now, that's why I say, like, even if I fall asleep, because it's always like late to text me when you get to your hotel um, because of that. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, it like registered. Because sometimes you think like, you know, you're in the north. <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah. But then you have, a, you have a register moment of like, no, no, it doesn't matter. And also it's everywhere. Like, even when you say it's not, it is. And I know it's better some places, but, you know. Hey, my mom didn't want me to deliver bleach to Cumming, Georgia after dark when I was yeah, delivering bleach. Because Cumming, Georgia, you know, they had a KKK yeah. rally, I want to say in like the 90s. I think Oprah was there. It was like a bunch. Of, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. You think about this. You think about this. The Knights of whatever, whatever the KKK's name was that they would put on those baggies. Have you ever heard of these? Like, no. They would essentially solicit neighborhoods with these bags mm. with a KKK drawing on a piece of paper and some rocks in the bottom to talk about cleansing America. And they would throw these bags on lawns. I picked up one of those bags at like 13 mm. on my front lawn. Okay. And there was a KKK in like, like picture on the front of this thing. Think about that. I was 13 and 99. Yeah. And I picked this bag up off the front lawn in Georgia. Think about what that does to you as like a a black person yeah. who's learned about the KKK being bad, learned about it during the Civil War, what they were doing to black people. The Civil War ended in 1865, 4, 5, 5. Yeah, I'm not we're going to go be with 5. Back checker there. Four score and 7 years ago our father set forth upon this land. Anyway, it's 1999, 134 or five years after yeah. the Civil War, and the KKK is still distributing material on my front lawn. Yeah. There are cars, there are boats, there are motors, we pump gasoline, things that were not happening in the 1860s, and the KKK is still around. Okay? Yeah. This is black in America still. Right? Like, like mm-hmm. these things have traveled through time. They have not been left behind. You don't see anybody in a fucking steamboat going down the river, right? Yeah. You're not, you're not seeing that shit anymore because that has gone away. But these thoughts, this frustration, this otherizing is still yeah. here. 
And it bothers me because we get all the way back to today where Ava and I can legally be protected and feel like we're protected in our marriage forever and it can't be taken away from us. And it's 2022. Yeah. And this is the day, yeah. right? Like am, like, am I supposed to rejoice right now because this happens? Are you supposed to be super happy? Yeah. And I think I have this very specific memory of the first time I realized that I would possibly have uh, multiracial children. I was lifeguarding at the YMCA and there was this family that would come in. There was a black man and a white woman. They came with their two kids, kids and they go swimming. And I always wanted to ask him and her, mostly him though, because I related with him being a black man, how he gets through it in Cobb County, Georgia, right? How do you deal with this here where it's, super white and people are always looking at you and they're looking at you the same way i'm looking at you but i'm looking at you thinking oh i can relate they're looking at you thinking oh they're at the y they've made it here yeah. you know and what are they doing in the pool because half of those kids can't swim like those are the thoughts that people are thinking and i never had the balls to ask him which i regret but i hope that whoever sees me with Knox and miles and you with Knox and miles at the y where we go now to swim yeah. Asks me. I hope that that happens. Well, I was thinking that they were your light, like Mel Robbins talks about. They were your light, like where you're, you can see the possibility in your future because someone else was being that. Oh, so you want to be that. Absolutely. And you know, I was thinking too about when I said, like, I would hope other people talk to their kids. I would hope people are talking to their kids also about like other ways people love or the life that they want to lead and like they're teaching them love and in teaching them that everyone's different and everyone gets to lead their own life like you get this one life and you get to choose to live it in any way you want to like you should respect that and like that's what I want to teach our kids I don't know that's what I think about a lot like I, I don't know I think that the other thing that it's like I want people to know by having this conversation and I want to have more of them is I think my parent, my, my parents, I think my kids are better because they are white and black. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to like leave this conversation thinking, oh, they're worried or, oh, they're less than like you're, you're saying people do say in society. No, no. I actually think my kids are better off because they're going to get both of our cultures you know, the white cultures may be a little different, but like they are going to, I mean, and Phil always makes fun of me because my ancestry.com is all white from all Europe and yeah. no, nothing, nothing fun. Bright, it's bright white. <laughs> it's just Europe. And you know, that's part of it. But then, you know, that's why I wanted Phil to get his ancestry because I wanted our kids to know and I wanted him to know. Hey, um, I found out some real weird shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. So. I just, I want people to know that. Like, I actually think my kids are better off. And better off because we will be having these conversations. But it doesn't mean we're, like, less scared as parents. No. Like, I, and I think, like, the more people know and the more educated they are, even at the age of 4, 6, 12, they are better off. And I know people are worried about bursting their innocence. But we have to. Like, we have to. If we want to improve, we have to make the sacrifice to improve the yeah. world. And also, like, I think a lot about people that have um, kids that maybe have black, like, their their kids white and they have a black friend. It's like, have you talked to them about it? I wonder if they've had conversations. Like, kids talk about it. It's yeah. like, I wonder if they have. And, and it makes me happy to, like, 
see that they're more, uh, there is just like more interracial kids and our friends are so supportive of wanting to know more and wanting us to talk about it because they do want to be better. Yeah. And, and I love that. And I think that we are in a better space of moving forward, but yeah, the work isn't done. No. And I would like to challenge anybody who's listening. If you have a question about race, if you've talked to anybody about race, if you have things that you've wondered or you've always wanted to ask, but you've been afraid because you don't know if that person is going to respond well, I will, without judgment, answer any questions. I'm not signing up Ava to, without judgment, answer your questions. I don't know if she will. <laughs> no, I will. She will. And I was going to say, if any of the white people here want to also be the token white person asking the questions, you can join our podcast in yeah, our closet. I'll read your po- I'll read your questions. If you just say, hey, don't mention my name, that's fine. You can put anonymous in it. I'll read the question and answer it. Yeah. But... The only way that we move forward is if people get the, people always say balls, but balls are kind of weak. So I think if people get the labias to get out here and ask the question and really own up to it and say, hey, I've always wondered this. Whatever will help you improve your racial sensitivity, I would like to do. Okay. So ask it. The whole last podcast at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. We have a TikTok. We're not trying to, this is not a solicit for more business podcasts. This is like a, our kids are going to be in this society. I want to help make the society better question. So drop us a line. Let us know. There will be, there will be more of these race conversations to come. So don't you worry. It'll get uncomfortable, but it's, it's important. I also think it's ironic that we've been putting off the race conversation because we wanted to do it right. And then flippantly today, I was like, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) There's no plan. There's no script. I'm sorry if this feels everywhere, but I wanted to say something about the bill that passed and I'm happy it did, but it is still a little bit shocking and there's still a lot of work to be done for, for other people. It's not even about interracial marriage, gay marriage, just equality across the board. Like move on people, let people live the life that they want to lead and stop. Who fucking cares what people are doing? Yeah. Live your life. Better yourself. Yeah, stop attacking people that are different than you. Yeah. You know, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Let those people be. Because they still got to deal with global warming. Anyway. <laughs> That's definitely another topic. <laughs> we All appreciate right. the support. We appreciate you listening. Um, yeah. We did have another podcast plan to come out ahead of this, but I think that this is going to replace it. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that one. Um, yeah. Stay out there. Stay safe out there. Stay well. And as always, sound off and let us know what you got. Bye. Bye. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Whole Ass Podcast. We love that you are part of the Whole A family. If you are enjoying the podcast, please like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and share with your friends. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. If you have topic suggestions or want to let us know how you are using your whole ass, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at thewholeasspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time.